Canucks Central in the Kintech studio. It is a Thursday, and we've got a ton coming up for you on the program. Elias Pettersson will join us, uh, the Canucks lone representative at this All-Star game. They had to, but now they have uh, just won. It was cut in half when Bo Horvat was traded to the New York Islanders this week. But he'll still play for the Pacific Division just with a Islanders logo but Pedersen joins us coming up in a few moments later John Garrett will join us and Chris Peters to talk some prospects and his take on Atu Ratu who was a big centerpiece in that Bo Horvat deal what's happening Sat not much man hanging out you know it's uh it's a it's a nice Thursday I'd say it's not raining today it's a little bit warmer it's uh nice and balmy a balmy eight degrees this afternoon uh, wow, that's that sounds nice. That's that sounds lovely. Yeah, Eight degrees in in, uh, in in early February. That's I mean the cherry blossoms should be out soon. Soon enough, man. By the time you come back <laughs> from sunny LA, it'll be it'll be lovely. Uh, ho- yeah, hopefully it stays that way. But uh, for for now, uh, we continue to work in the mobile Kintech studio. At least I do, and uh, enjoying that uh, California sunshine uh, while uh, watching a Juventus win earlier today. That was very nice. But oh, uh, nice. we need to get into. More of the Vancouver Canucks as we heard from Rick Tockett earlier today and uh, had some interesting thoughts on uh, on on Halford and Bruff, which we'll get to. But the Canucks, they've now made a couple of acquisitions, you know, and and this management team, Patrick Alvine and Jim Rutherford. Should we start to be able to get a hint as to how they want to play based on some of the acquisitions they've made, Sat? I think the type of team they want to be is pretty evident. Like, they talk about structure so much, right? And we've heard that term be used. We haven't seen that really come to fruition on their back-end acquisitions, and we'll get into that. But if you look at the types of forwards they've added so far, the trades they've made, the type of coach they're bringing in, they want two-way savvy guys. Of course, they need to have guys like who can score and they feel like they have enough of those especially with Elias Pettersson up front and you still have JT Miller signed long term and they committed to Andre Kuzmenko so you feel like you have three guys that can fill the net with uh, enough points up front and then look at Mikheyev a guy they brought in two-way savvy right look at Bovillier even who's part of this trade and yes he's a bit of a throw-in and you need to make the salaries work but you look at the profile of the player he is and the fact that Alvin mentioned how he's liked them in the past when he was in Pittsburgh. And you look at the profile of player that he is. They want to have a team that's fast, that's aggressive on the forecheck. And they have a lot of smart hockey players that know how to play two-way hockey. And, and to me, like I love hearing that. I love seeing that because that's the thing I think this team has been missing so many different ways. And I think having success in the NHL is so much more than just having guys who can score. You need to have guys who can play solid two-way hockey. And even though Bavillier is not a long-term fit, I think it shows you just that type of player. And Atu Ratu, man, like if, if he hits his potential and is the type of player he could be, even if he's a third-line center who can be an all-around guy, but let's say he is you know, a second-line center who can do all those things we talk about and is good defensively and can help facilitate the play through the neutral zone and be good in the offensive zone, especially with his size. And he can battle along the walls and win battles in that sense. And he can create off the wall as well. Like, there are a lot of things about his game that if he hits his projection, those are the types of things you want to see. And look at the hire they made with Rick Tockett here, Dan. And I think it's a pretty pretty clear indication of what type of team they want to have and how they want this team to play in the future. It's... um. You know, you talk about Atu Ratu, and you know this team has failed to have um, quality depth at the center position. You know, they've they've long wanted to have three great centers or really be strong through the spine of the team, and you know it never really has worked or had worked with Bo Horvat, J.T. Miller, and Elias Pettersson all playing through the middle of the ice for various reasons, and this year mainly being that uh, J.T. Miller hasn't played well when he's played center they haven't had enough wing talent to really support all three centers and needing to win games you sort of started to stack your top six and even before that you know they acquire Brandon Sutter to be Mm -hmm. a second line center and or and he's really more of a third line center and that really hurts the team but he would have been a good third line center had the team really had to top end uh one two punch uh centers you know that so all of these things are sort of uh, kind of coinciding and, and and you're right to speak about the types of players 
I don't know if Anthony Beauvillier is long for this team, but I just think about what Patrick Alvine said about him after, you know, he spoke after the trade. Puck hunting, speed, good two-way ability. Those are like the things, the traits that he mentioned about Anthony Beauvillier, and I think those are all things that are desperately needed for the Vancouver Canucks to figure out and probably play the way I think Rick Tockett would like to play, Sat. Yeah, and when you hear Rick Tockett speak, and he was on with Halford and Bruff uh, uh, on Thursday morning, and and him and Halford had a really good chat. Bruff was away, and you know, and even at the end, uh, Tockett gave Halford a compliment for giving good questions. It was a really insightful discussion about the type of team that you know Tockett envisions and the type of approach he's going to have with these players. And a lot of it does come down to responsibility, playing responsible hockey, and like. I am bewildered that we're sitting here and, and speaking so much about basics, right? But but mm-hmm. that's where we are, right? That's where we are with this team and what they have to build, the fundamentals they have to get strong. And it, it just goes back to the discussions we've had over the years about there have been so many talented players here that have come in and played and maybe not learned to play the right way consistently because they haven't been asked to do it. They weren't held to that standard. And players were rushed and put into positions where they had to provide offense and you live with the consequences. And it's a lot harder all of a sudden to get those players to do things differently. And even with veterans who've gotten accustomed to a certain standard that's not high enough here, and that change is going to take some time and and it can be uncomfortable. But based on what we hear from Rick Tockett, I, I think it's really evident as well through the players they've acquired here about how they want this team to play. And you mentioned the Brandon Sutter thing. And it's true. Like what makes what does make fans nervous and maybe less so now after seeing the trade here uh, for Ratu and a first round pick and the future is involved and it wasn't, you know, a win now type of a trade really. Whereas the Canucks went out and gave up a significant asset to acquire Brandon Sutter, but also gave him a significant contract. And he was nothing more than a third line center getting paid second-line center money at the time in the league. Even when they traded Ryan Kessler, they got a first-round pick, but what were they getting back in return? They got back in return Nick Bonino and Lucas Spiza. Spiza was a bit younger, but a guy who's getting paid already. Nick Bonino, a bit older and on a cheaper contract, but still like a veteran player. And those were players that they they were asking veteran players who were getting paid to become something they weren't. You're projecting younger players to come in and maybe grow into those type of roles. And I think that's a completely different approach to it. And I think it's a smarter, longer-term approach in terms of building out your core pieces, especially a guy like Ratu, who you're expecting to be a center. And a guy that projects to be the type of smart, two-way player this team envisions having more of. You know, ultimately, this is what you need to win hockey games, right? It, It seems so basic, and we talk about it ad nauseum. It is so cliche, but... You know, this team wasn't playing defense, and and it, it's clear that that is Rick Tockett's number one thing when it comes to turning this team around and the process that he wants to start putting those building blocks in place from the start this year. And when he talked about it this morning, um, you know, and and he said this in his in his initial news conference as well. He wants this to be something that is set up by the leadership group. And it's fairly obvious where he wants his leadership group to come from mm-hmm. and who he believes have to be the players to set that standard. It is Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes. And in the wake of not having a captain with Bo Horvat being traded, you know, is there a need to have somebody have a C on their jersey in the near term? Here is uh, Rick Tockett on Halford & Bruff this morning. I'm a big mindset guy. You know, the way we play, uh, I, I like to play us a little bit faster, more north. Um, that was something uh, coming into uh, a week ago. Uh, I saw that I wanted to change. And, and then empower the, the leadership group. I got to identify that leadership group, really empower them. Um, you know, leadership groups are very important in pro sports and, and for head coaches or coaches in general. Um, so identifying the real leaders of the team, empower them make sure they have a voice because um, they're really the guys are going to spread your message. You know, they're, they're going to spread that mindset, the, uh, the toughness, the, the competitiveness and, and your practice habits. So that's my first order of business. Had a couple of meetings already. Uh, haven't had a lot of time with it yet, but uh, the time I have, uh, I've really enjoyed the, 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 you know, the sessions we've had. So 
that's probably the big thing for me is identifying that and, and you know, going that leadership route and really empowering these guys. There is uh, Rick Tockett on the morning show, and he goes on to to speak about Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes, how they have to be a part of that, and he expects them to be a part of that group, because it's it's obvious that you know, um, as we've mentioned, you know, those two are the most talented players on this team, and they're the ones that um, clearly this organization has identified as the ones they want and need to build around in order to turn the Vancouver Canucks around. Yeah, and. If you are looking to turn things over in a completely new new direction, you have to empower a new group. And that's where a lot of this kind of comes into. And we spoke to um, Trevor Linden about this yesterday, and he kind of talked about how you, when you, somebody goes away, things change. There's a completely new dynamic coming in. And if you're looking at how this team wants to play, which is be more north, be more self-prepared, and do all the details right, who embodies that better than Elias Patterson? on this team there isn't anybody so if you're looking at again projecting out everything they've done and if you're looking to select your new leader long term even if he's not the most vocal guy in terms of their vision the guy who sets the standard every day with the effort preparedness attention to detail we've even heard rick talkett speak about how his line changes he's one of the few guys that Mm -hmm. consistently does line changes well and everything like he's the guy that, that upholds the standard and if you make him the captain it just it just enforces what you're trying to be as a team, and uh, he is the Canucks All Star. And uh, well, we're lucky enough to have him on the show here today for an exclusive chat on Canucks Central. It is Elias Pettersson joining us uh, from Florida. Thanks for this, Elias. How are you? It's going good. I'm going good. How are you guys? Uh, we're we're doing well. Uh, how's uh, how is that sunshine so far? Did you make it to the beach yet? Not yet. It's gonna uh, do some media first, and then I'll be the the whitest guy on the beach soon. So it'll be fun. <laughs> well, you know, this is not the first time for you to be at these All Star festivities, and, and obviously the skills competition gets going tomorrow, and then the games on Saturday. Like for you, being part of this again, what's your favorite part of of being there? Like, what's your favorite day when it comes to all the All Star stuff? Uh, definitely the games. Um, but I think it's the whole event of uh, seeing all other all other good players in the league and uh, get to know them a little bit and I don't know share some stories with them or but mostly just get a just get to know them a little bit and uh, yeah. Do you know uh, which skills competition you you'll be in or is there one that you prefer most? Uh, I found out I'm doing the hardest shots recently, so. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Do you know how much we can uh, we can clock it up to, or what? I haven't tested it out in a while, and I like to think I've become a little stronger. So I had 102.6, I think it was, in St. Louis three, two or three years ago. So as long as it's over that, I'm happy. Well, I, I would bet on you hitting the over on it. One thing we're seeing, too, though, with, with the league now, I mean, guys are shooting the puck harder with more flex on their stick. Like, do, should we maybe expect to see a bit more mileage on some of the shots here on the weekend? I mean, I, I think so. I mean, obviously, sticks and flex and whatever is getting better. Uh, technology mm-hmm. so I mean, uh, there's a lot of guys shooting hard now. It's basically everyone. So, um, yeah, I, I, would ex- I would expect so. In game, uh, is is power um, more important than accuracy? I mean, how, how do you view that? Uh, accuracy for me, um, because the goalies are always in a good position, so you have to obviously aim beside them. But uh, but it's like find a balance of like how hard. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Usually I just wing it and uh, go with what I think or go with a gut when I shoot. So uh, usually it goes well or sometimes it doesn't. So, um, yeah. Well, hey, well, it's working out for you so far in your career in terms of putting up the points and <laughs> scoring. So, so everything's going just fine. But, you know, it is going to be strange for us watching the game. I know a lot of Canucks fans as well because, you know, uh, Bo Horvat's on your team, but he's wearing a New York Islanders jersey in, in this game. And I know it's, you know, the first time, you know, since the trade has gone down. But but is that going to be cool to play with him again on the same team, but also it being odd that he's wearing an Islanders jersey being on the same team? Yeah, obviously, uh, that's... Uh... 
I don't know if it's happened before that the guy make the all-star get traded, but <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, I kind of felt it was happening soon uh, with Bo, but, um, but then on the other side, we get at least one more game with each other. So, um, yeah, we'll, uh, I'll for sure enjoy it. Well, Bo's already done some of his media, and uh, he, he's, uh, he says he's given you uh, – he's, you'd get his vote to be the next captain of the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, that's, that's good to know, yeah. And as far as the leadership stuff, we know uh, Rick Tockett, I know the organization, they've, they've both – and Patrick Alvine uh, spoke very highly about your leadership, your and Quinn Hughes being the future uh, leaders of this team. I know Rick Tockett today when, when he was on our radio station spoke about your leadership as well and you know uh, how well you're going to grow into that. Like, do you think about that and being a captain of a team? Is that something that, that gives you uh, some drive and motivation to become a captain of a team, especially a team in Canada? Yeah, definitely. That would be an honor. Um, but like, I'm uh, I'm not the most vocal guy, and I'm I'm very <laughs> usually a very quiet guy, and just want to work hard and and do good for my teammates. But uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what uh, what will happen in the future here. I know Coach uh, Rick Tockett has, has sort of talked about it a little bit in the in the few interviews he's he's already done, but. He's he's sort of pegged you and and Quinn to to really start to to grow into into bigger leadership roles. Uh, is that yeah. is that a conversation you've already had with him? Um, yeah, a little bit. Obviously, me and Quinn, we aren't uh, rookies anymore. So, uh, and I think both of us want more responsibility. So, um, so yeah, that's all I can say. You mentioned your game too. Like you like to lead by example, and you know we always talk about how you're always one of the hardest working guys on the ice. You play the game the right way, and you know Rick Talk has spoken a lot about the details of the game having to be better for your team, and and all those things you guys have to improve on. That's something you always take pride in, and you do well in. So when you look at what Talk is trying to bring in, you look at where this team is headed. Do you get a sense that the way you play and how the team is trying to play can really go hand in hand here in the future? Yeah, I think so. I mean, for us, I think it's definitely to come together and play first out player defense, so have a better structure, um, and obviously play as a team. So what the right answer is, I don't know, but I think uh, I'm excited for this new I, I mean, change you're, you're... what's ahead. Uh, sorry about that, Petey, but uh, you're an all-star. I mean, um, it, it, there has uh, been some ups and downs through through the last couple of years of your career, but uh, what, what's made your season so successful? I think my the time in the off-season I put down, uh, preparing as best as I could to be in best shape I could be for the season. So I think my, my training in the off-season helped, been helping a lot. And obviously, a lot of the training this offseason is going to be a big way for you having success. But one thing that's also been very evident watching you and Andre Kuzmenko play is that you guys have really good chemistry. And we start looking at duos yeah. with this team long term. You guys work really well together. How much fun has it been to kind of find find that with Kuzmenko? And also, how far that can go with you two guys as a duo the next couple of years? Yeah, obviously, he's a fantastic player. Makes plays and all that uh the first season playing together um but i mean i think think and feel we have we've been finding good chemistry and i think we're getting better every day or i like to think that so um but yeah, it's his first season he's been doing well it's a big change from him from khl so um yeah i'm here to help him any way i can have you told him he needs to get a haircut or is is that uh is that just the chirps that go around the room i think he's i think he, he's saving it uh <laughs> I think he's going to save it the whole season. <laughs> Does he ever not smile? Like, have you ever seen him not be happy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I haven't, honestly, I haven't really thought of it. So I always see him with a <laughs> smile when you uh, say that. So, yeah. <laughs> he's always uh, good energy whenever you're around him. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely seems that way. Elias Pedersen joining us uh, here on Canuck Central. Um, it, you have the opportunity to discuss a new contract with Vancouver over the course of the summer. Elias, um, is, is this the place that, that you foresee yourself being for a long time? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I like it there. It's been, I've been playing five seasons here now. Um, 
place I call home. Um, but I don't, I don't focus uh, too much on that now. I've still got a couple more games left this season, and then when the contracts talk is coming up, I'll focus on that then. But for now, um, I'm just focus on on my play and uh, give my best for the team. And uh, Petey, before we let you go, uh, you had a chance to have your family over for a bit. And, and every time we see, we see your family at, at the games, you know, I knew you, the, they were very hyped up to watch you play. What was it like to, you know, have your family over? I know it's been a tough season, but to have them in the new year and then obviously trying to get to the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been great. Uh, obviously, I'm not here without them, so it's always a good time whenever they're visiting. So, uh so uh, yeah, Dad also brought his whole hunting team, so they got to see NHL hockey or obviously watch watch me play for the first time. So it was uh, it was a very fun trip when we were out uh, the other week. Hey Elias, uh, really uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, have a great All Star weekend and uh, all the best in the uh, the hardest shot. Sounds good. Thank you. There is uh, Elias Pettersson with the uh, Vancouver Canucks. He is in Florida for the All-Star Game and the festivities this weekend where he will compete in the hardest shots at. Yeah, and uh, I am actually really uh, interested to see how much velocity we see on the hardest shot, especially with how much we see the flex on the sticks change and we're seeing guys shoot the puck harder than they have in the past. So I'm curious, you know, are we going to see that translate in the skills contest? Yeah, that's uh, it is one of those things that is uh, kind of interesting. You know, um, when 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 we watch PD during games, we have the puck tracking data. And, and if he does get one of those one timers off, it's generally like when I've seen it, it's tends to be in the low 90s. So I'm curious to see how much he can dial it up when it's uh, just for the competition. Right. And he even talked about, you know, wanting the accuracy to go along with some of that velocity in games. So um, this is a totally different contest than doing it to score goals on, a, on an NHL goalie. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is completely different. So it's a lot of fun seeing it in that regard. Uh, I, I'm, yep. you know, I'm, this is where I'm at with the skills contest. I'm interested because I want to <laughs> see if anybody breaks, if they can shoot the puck harder. And, and, and that just gives us more evidence about uh, how the game is changing and how these, these stick changes are making a massive impact even at the NHL level. But, you know, it, it was interesting, his thoughts, like a couple of things. I know everybody always wants to hear, or especially now, about his future. And I think he gave a pretty good political answer, right? He loves the city yep. and, you know, he's been nothing but happy but his focus is the rest of the season and you know they'll obviously talk in the off season so I think he gave a pretty standard political good answer on that and, and nothing to really read into either way but on the captain stuff like he it was interesting wasn't it he said yeah um you know it'd be an honor and he obviously would embrace it but at the same time he kind of warned I'm not going to be the most talkative guy <laughs> if I get the C <laughs> on my chest uh I, I don't know if you necessarily have to be the most talkative guy um Maybe there is some growth that would need to happen to a certain level, but you know, leading by example is ultimately um, what what needs to be done. And from Pedersen's point of view, or from the way I view it, Pedersen seems to be that guy already. And maybe just a little bit more growth in the in the loudness sort of uh, category. Mm -hmm. But it, it is interesting because you know. It, it seems like he knows that that's not really who he is and he's very aware of that. So uh, it is one of the things that um, he's going to have to continue to grow with as he becomes a bigger part of this leadership group, which it's clear, you know, they want and talk. It's talked about it a ton. As much as he's talked about, we haven't been able to practice. He's talked about Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes having to be the ones that set the bar for the Vancouver Canucks and their practice habits and, and the standard of how to be a Vancouver Canuck moving forward. Well, you know, it can go one of two ways because I, I see people texting in and I think it's fair that like I think he'd be a great assistant captain, amazing individual on and off the ice. But I'm just not sure he can face the media every day and be the guy that's, you know, answering and speaking always and getting the message across without frustration. I see people saying that um, people saying I love him, but it'll be years before he can be captain. Let him play. We don't need him as a captain. I see a lot of the stuff come in and I don't think that's unfair. And I think what people are saying is he's a great player and just let him focus on being a great player and don't let him be burdened by the captain 
agency, especially in a Canadian market? And I think that's a very fair question because we don't know him well enough, right? We don't know the, the mm-hmm. team well enough from the outside. Is this truly something that he would embrace? He spoke about it, but is, is that really what he would do? Is he the right guy to make captain? Is he ready for the moment? And if he's not, don't put it on him. But at the same time, even if he's not quite ready, but it's a challenge you can rise to, the captaincy can take you to a different level in terms of taking you out of your shell, forcing you to be something else, and you may be embracing that and becoming that, right? Like there, there's a responsibility of being the captain, the media stuff, but also when it comes to how you handle your teammates, new people coming into your team, the family, things you do, making sure the wives are, are getting together. Like there's so many different things a captain has to be responsible for all the time. It's a lot, right? Like it's a lot, especially in a Canadian market. But some people embrace it, and it, and it makes them a better player, and, and they, they grow with that. And it's really on the organization to figure out which side of the ledger Patterson's at. Is he a guy who's going to embrace it and, and become what you want him to be and become a better player out of it? Or is he going to be a guy who's going to struggle with the burden of being a captain? Uh, this text, Henrik was never loud, but uh, was great with the media. And, you know, yeah, neither Sadine was really all that loud. But um, there is... At times, it's the outside. I think that um, where the C matters even even more, especially in a in a Canadian market where you're always having to answer the bell and answer to the media, uh, be the first one out for the cameras after a tough loss, after a tough night uh, for you or the team or whatever it may be, and that can be a lot and it can weigh on players. So uh, it is interesting to see how all of this plays out because um, Patterson made it clear, you know, like there are parts of him that aren't uh, the prototypical type of captain material. Now, Now, that's more of how we view it, I guess, than maybe he would himself, but... It is sort of part of the conversation. Uh, we'll get uh, John Garrett's take on who the next captain could be for the Vancouver Canucks. Also, our first chance to hear his take on the Bo Horvat trade. That's coming up next on Canuck Central. It's Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. You are listening to Sportsnet 650. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People Show with Big Nizar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Coming to you from the Kintech studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. It's Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah here on Canucks Central. A lot of reaction on the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox to the conversation with Elias Pettersson. Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street. Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Arbutus in Vancouver online at Dunbar Lumber dot com and uh as expected a lot of people reacting to our conversation there with Elias Patterson and um wondering um you know his question or his answer about uh, the captaincy sat yeah and you see like this one here says uh he didn't want to engage in the captaincy talk there's some discussion and some people having the take that he he kind of punted on the question but i, I thought 
I think you, you always have to keep in mind that Elias Pettersson, Dan, isn't the type of player or person in general that has been just so outright like personable you know what i mean in his mm-hmm. interviews that he's, he gives you the sense that he's really excited or not excited about something he's pretty stoic generally speaking a dry sense of humor and the typical swedish way of approaching things sometimes and that mm-hmm. can be harder to read in terms of what the desire is so i think always got to be careful when we're when we're t- we're hearing Pedersen talk about these things that just because he didn't give the type of answer you're accustomed to hearing, maybe doesn't mean that he's not engaged in perhaps being the captain of the team. But I think a lot of the discussion really comes around: is he the right guy to be captain? Like Gerb from Surrey says, just keep Shen and make him the captain for the next couple of years. <laughs> uh, I'm sure a lot of people would like uh, Shen uh, to be the captain, but he may not be a Canuck uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, as as we know. Um, another text comes in: well, if Miller was captain. It'd always be an adventure in interviews. Um, well, that's uh, can't can't really deny that too much uh, when it comes to JT Miller either. Um, you know, Patterson. Again, it always has to come down to a group, you know, and ultimately, yes, the person that is wearing the C has to do a lot of the answering of the questions and a lot of the media obligations. And sure, there is a component that you are the leader of the team inside the room as well. But um, as as you've heard a ton of players that ha- were a part of the 2011 team, you know, why was their leadership group so strong? It's because it went five, six, seven players deep, Sat. Well, that and even, even more. I mean, yes, you needed to have a bunch of guys who were leaders, and you hear even Talkett speak about that. It goes beyond just having a couple of guys. You need a lot of guys who can lead. But it's easier to lead when you also have stability on a team, and you have players who can subscri- subscribe to roles as well. And I think one of the things that, you know, we we talk about that Kevin Bieksa speech to the players in the locker room, you know, a, a few months back now, and how he spoke passionately about the standard they upheld themselves to when he played, especially you know through the golden era of that of that team, the 2011, 2010, 2012 years, and how every player who played a role wanted to be the best at that role, whether they were penalty killers on the power play, if you blocked shots, whatever it was, there was something you identified with as a player and you made sure you brought it every single day. And I think part of the responsibility of putting a team together is having an environment where players have the roles. You can let people grow and become leaders. Like I think it's hard in any situation to have somebody be a leader if they're not quite confident in the role they have. Like if you're not confident and you're standing somewhere, how, how can you be expected to lead anybody? And I think a lot of that's going to come down to the stability this team also needs to build with their organization. And generally, you know, yes, the top player on a team tends to be the captain of, of the team. There isn't too many situations around the NHL where that is not the case. Like, it doesn't have to be. It's not like the prerequisite set that you have to be the best player on the team to wear the C. Um, John Tavares got the C in Toronto, and he is definitely not Austin Matthews, you know, who is the best player on that team and but he's the good leader enough, on the ice. Right? Like, What's he's, that? Like, he's good enough. Like, yes. for somebody to be a captain, you have to be – especially in today's league, I think in terms of long-term captain, you have to be a difference-making player. You, you have to be, right? And you, um, you're generally one of the at, – at, if you're not the top player on the team, you're generally one of the core four or core five players mm-hmm. on the team, yeah. right? And, and that, that seems to be you know, something that you can bank on. And maybe it wasn't always that way back then or back in the good old days, if you want to call it that, but it, it is the way that it is now. And, and something was broken here for the leadership group in the last couple of years. I don't think that's spilling any tea or anything like that. It's pretty obvious and they needed a new set of eyes on it and Alvin and Rutherford to be like, wait a second, something, something's a little off here with the, the, the practice habits and things of that nature. And this is part of the big repair that this group is now trying to do, more so from just adding talent. This is this culture change is starting now with this uh, with this group and identifying those next players to lead that leadership group is a big part of it and that's why Rick Tockett has focused so much on that and it's obvious why Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes are going to ultimately be a bigger part of that focus moving forward. Uh, still trying to connect here with uh, John Garrett. 
but we talked earlier, Sat, about you know how this team wants to play and the types of players that they have been acquiring to this point. And it's... I don't know if it's really the team that's going to be able to pull these things off this year. And then you throw in, they're not able to practice. We continue to wonder just how strong the finish of the season is going to be, that will there be the big coach bump sort of thing. But I'm more so, you know, as we come out of this all-star break, wondering, you know, do we continue to start to see Rick Tockett implement little things in the Canucks game as we go through these final 30-some-odd matches here that speak to how they want to play? And some of those growing pains potentially happen in the here and now. I think the growing pains are inevitable, and we've already seen a couple small things. And I know we get questions from people too, asking us, "Okay, so what what is what are the systems?" And we talked about it a little bit with Yannick Hansen uh, last week. But in general, one of the things that we need to see is what does this team look to do differently? And we haven't seen a ton of things so far because they haven't had ta- time to implement those things practice-wise. But one thing they have been able, one thing they have done, at least defensively, that you can kind of notice is defensemen are stopping at the goal line a lot more now that doesn't mean there are times you got to chase a guy depending on what happens and you know there's a puck you have to go and retrieve and battle for of course you you know as a defenseman there are times you do have to go below the goal line and and battle behind your own net but you're seeing them stop at at the goal line a lot more and you see the players being aware of the post a lot more defensively too which side they're supposed to be on and and not getting caught too far away so we're starting to see at least defensively some of those rules come in and at least some of the restrictions they want the defenseman to play with which should in theory lead to less chaos and perhaps at the very least even if you get hemmed in not getting out of position in front of your own net you know those types of things just positionally structurally how do we see the team react to that and hey we've only seen three games they played two against some two bad two bad teams beat both of those teams and then got you know their lunch handed to them in Seattle against the Kraken we'll see if that's going to or change things in a significant way as time goes on here, at least from that aspect. And then in terms of their breakouts and how talk had mentioned today when he was talking uh, to Halford, you look at the best teams in the league, they make one pass and they're gone, right? You're talking about they know what pass to make and they have a guy screaming through the neutral zone with speed. You hit him, he's getting his own entry. Next thing you know, you're in the other team's side. Predictability, right? You know exactly what to do. We haven't seen that yet. Those are the things that I'm really trying to hone in on and see how effective it can be. And it'll take some time for them to learn these things and for it to become second nature, especially when they're under duress and those habits, the bad ones can really creep out. But that's really a fascinating part of the rest of the season for me, just trying to evaluate how are they doing things differently and can these players handle those different rules? It could be painful at times watching the Canucks uh, try to break out of their own end. Uh, We've talked... We, we've talked about that a ton. Um, so hearing that they want to move the puck out of their zone quicker is smart. <laughs> it, I think it's something that is desperately needed for this team. I wonder how much of that is, uh, as we always discuss and debate, personnel versus uh, you know actual you know, strategy from the coaching staff. And one thing that he did mention is, you know, I've noticed this team likes to regroup a lot. <laughs> As if they're like Barcelona, regrouping in midfield, passing it back to the defenders and and trying to find a different way forward. Uh, not that they do that a ton, but they do. And, and you see it happen maybe more often than you do other teams do that sort of thing around the league. And part of that is I felt at times the team just so disconnected. You have the forwards too far up the ice and there's no easy pass for the defensemen to make out of the zone. These types of things that have just continued to plague the Canucks. And how do you get a team to play as a five-man unit? I mean, it's fairly obvious this has been one of the things holding back the Canucks for so many years. And for those that are pessimistic Canucks fans, essentially it's like, why should I believe a new coach is going to be able to do anything different with the same roster of players, even if it is starting to change a little bit? Yeah, you know what? And a lot of it does remind me too, just in terms of how talk it speaks to what AV wanted. And, and I'll, I'll come to that in a second. But, you know, you know, as far as this team being able to do that, like are the players 
able to play that style and be successful because they've tried to do versions of this in the past and it hasn't worked even this year to some extent they were trying and and obviously going back to with travis green's tenure but every time like, i don't think travis green and, and rick tockett think the game all that differently I, I don't think it's too dissimilar to be honest I, I don't think it is that dissimilar um and i do think when you go back to watching how this team played at its best and they were still they still had shortcomings but it was 2019 2020 and there were stretches when they were creating more scoring chances, high danger ones, than they were giving up. And they were also, in general, defending well in their own zone. They were giving up offense, but in their own zone, they stayed in, in position. You know, you weren't seeing tons of odd man rushes. And at the very least, in their own zone, they did a good job of boxing out and defending the front of their net, especially in the postseason, as much as they were getting hemmed in. So they had some good habits, and they found a way to overcome those things. Where this team had str- struggled with, however, was trying to transition to become a team that's, that's imp- that it's imposing its will to some extent and controlling play consistently. And they were never able to do that. And to your point, I don't think Travis and, and Tockett are too dissimilar. But at the same time, one of the things that Tockett wants these guys to do is move the puck quicker. And I think sometimes with what they try to do in the past was they wanted their defensemen to make a play. And that's all fine and good if you guys are capable of making that type of a play. And when you look at it now, and going back to what I mentioned before when A.V. was the coach, A.V., the reason he couldn't stand Keith Ballard, and hey, maybe it was something about personality, who knows, but in terms of the, the style of player he was, he was a guy that would regroup a lot. He was a guy that would hold on to the puck, you know, kind of skate around his own end, wait for space to open up and either hit a guy or skate, lug the puck up. But it was very, that's how I play type of style. He wanted his defenseman to make a pass and get out. Like, and not just off the boards and out. We have a winger, we have a center, we have somebody going through the middle of the ice or taking a lane, hit him. He either He's going to either chip that puck into the offensive zone or he's going to catch a clean and he's going to get a clean entry into the zone. Or at the very least, that's what we're doing consistently. And I think that's what he wants to implement here is that as a defense, defenseman, you get the puck and you know exactly what your two or three forward options are trying to go through the neutral zone with speed. Uh, let's bring on our next guest. Uh, as uh, this texter on 650-650, the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox, Jeff from Mission, calls him a national treasure. It is John Garrett joining us here on uh, on Canuck Central. <laughs> What's happening, Cheech? Uh, not much, not much. National treasure, it's the 40th anniversary of my All-Star appearance. There you oh, go. <laughs> 40th anniversary today. <laughs> That's how old I am, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that great all-star game where Wayne Gretzky uh, put uh, put the team on his back? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I afforded him the chance to do that. Mm. You see. <laughs> yes. I kept it close, and then he just took over, and that was it. Uh, it's, uh, it's John Garrett joining us, uh, here on Canucks central. So, um, kind of another big week, uh, in, in Canucks land as, uh, the captain who is, uh, at the all-star festivities has changed logos on his Jersey. He's now a New York Islander, Bo Horvat. Um, your take on, uh, on the Canucks trading away Bo Horvat. Uh, I hate to see him go because I'm a big Bo Horvat fan. Uh, he, he's, just a quality individual, a quality player. Uh, but I do understand uh, the motives behind it, the, the money and that sort of thing. That's part of it, obviously. But who has been the focus of the Canucks over these years? Well, it's the captain. It's Bo Horvat. He is the man. And as long as he's in the room, he is going to be the man with the Canucks. And now, in uh, I feel uh, happy for Bo because now he goes to a place where he's not the guy. He doesn't have to do an interview every day. After every game, he doesn't have to do an interview. He, he he's not the captain. He doesn't have to worry about that. He can just go out and play the game and and do what he does: uh, win faceoffs, play 20 minutes a game, power plays, penalty killing, all the stuff that Bo does. He he's such a good player. But that being said, excuse me, that being said, in the nine years that he's been here, uh, playoffs and sure it's the supporting cast and it's the surrounding people and all that sort of thing, uh, it's a results business. And the Canucks, unfortunately, haven't made the playoffs enough, haven't had success in the playoffs, 
And now uh, Bo is still young enough where he's got a chance to go and and uh, be successful someplace else. Whereas here, uh, it's probably going to be a while. And I think by making the trade when they did, and a lot of people said, well, you know, you're not supposed to make trades during the All-Star Week and all that kind of stuff. I think the Canucks did a, a good job because uh, said it's not sustainable, the return <laughs> on the trade. Yeah, I, I knew you'd like that one. That was good. Uh, it would have got less and less. Yeah. As the days go by, it gets closer to the deadline. Uh, other teams realize, okay, the Canucks are going to trade Bo Horvat, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden their offers go down and down, and the value goes down and down. And by doing it a month ahead of the trade deadline, I think the Canucks probably optimized uh, their opportunity. When they also limited the risk, right, in terms of perhaps an injury happening. And to your point, you know, uh, the offers kind of getting diminished as time goes on. So I think absolutely the right move to do, if you could, was to get ahead of it. And they did as much as they could by making the trade. And now, you know, obviously the the sides turn to everything else that could happen. And we're all waiting to see trade-wise, but also the, the leadership group here. And we've talked about how it has to improve. And clearly they have to add more as well in terms of leaders and players who can carry that and, and really take that team to the next level but in terms of the next captain like do you see a guy here that that's ready for it now there's so much talk about Pedersen and Quinn Hughes does it make sense to make one of those guys captain now or is it better to take your time on that oh it's better to take your time mm-hmm. I, I I can't why would you jump into it right away and force a, somebody to take it right after Bo is gone it makes no sense it, and the leadership group is still going to be the leadership group. And whether a guy's got an A on his sweater or not, uh, who who would you say is one of the biggest leaders on the team is probably Luke Shen. Yeah. Just because of his personality, the way he plays. Uh, it's And does it matter that Luke Shen doesn't have an A on his sweater or uh, doesn't play 23 minutes a game as a defenseman? No because he is just that guy. And I think that you look around the dressing room and those are the leadership group. There'd be about five guys, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And now that Bo's not in the room and they're not all looking at Bo to be the guy, then I think they have to realize, okay, we as a group or we as individuals have to grow into this. And it makes no sense to me to pick a captain uh, especially for the rest of this year, but even to start next season, I'd be I'd be thinking, okay, let's give it one more year. You don't. Well, what's the point? Well, in an ideal world, you you want it to just happen organically, right? Like yeah, one of the exactly, players just kind of exactly. automatically kind of comes becomes the captain as time goes on. Yeah, you'd like one to take charge and. Uh, if I'm looking at it from the outside right now and uh, I'm not privileged uh, to the dressing room culture, because, and nobody really is unless you're one of the players or one of the trainers, uh, I think it would be uh, Elias Patterson is, would be my candidate to grow into it. Mm-hmm. But is he ready right now? I don't think so. But he, he, the way he plays, uh, he, he's going to be the leading point getter for sure. Uh, he, he probably ice time, he's going to be up there again. Uh, his, he's going to grow into the face-off responsibilities and things like that. And I think he's got, every now and then you'll see a little edge to his personality and a little edge to the way he plays, the reverse hits and uh, his reactions on the benches and uh, I think that he's probably going to be the guy, but why do it now? Yeah, and I'm with you on it, and we'll see ultimately what they do. Like, I think the best thing to do is get through the season and then reevaluate for next year, and at least at least get through the year before you do that. Before we let you go, Cheech, uh, short on time with you today, so we'll get one more in here before before well, we let you go. You switch producers on me. You see, so the phone number wasn't the same phone number. Uh... That's my excuse. Well, the phone I'm number is a studio phone it. number they call with. It's always the studio same, isn't phone it? number. Well, there's no ID on it. 
And there's so many scams. The CRA wants my information so that they can send me a refund. Yeah, really. <laughs> you didn't get that extra tax benefit? No, you didn't get it. No. Yeah. yeah send in all your information, and we'll send you a refund. Send your That's bank account. Three hundred eighty-five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. As they're scamming you for five grand. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, before I let you go, Rick Tockett, he was on with. Uh, Halford and Bruff this morning, and it was a really insightful interview. Him talking about what he wants his team to do, and how they how he wants his team to play. What are the things that you look for the rest of the season in terms of seeing signs of his style of hockey being implemented? Well, I I, th- I think that you'll probably see uh, more balance. You'll, he'll probably try and use four lines more. Uh, I think that you'll probably see uh, the hits go up throughout the lineup and it won't just be, uh, you know, Luke Shen and uh, Curtis Lazar. And uh, I, I think you'll see everybody uh, finishing their checks. I think he'll probably try and uh, make it a little quicker game. I don't know how you're, how, how you're going to achieve that, but I, I think he's going to try and do that. And I, I really do think it's audition time. And uh, this group that he's got here, how many are going to be on the team next year? A lot of it will have to do with the last 30 games of this season. Uh, I, I, I still can't believe Wayne Gretzky stole that MVP from you in 1983. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I had a Nissan Micra at the time. And it was one of those uh, Firebirds, you know, the uh, with the eagles on the hood and a black flashy car. And I had a <laughs> Nissan Micra. <laughs> Uh, and it, I think may- it was about his 11th car that he had won at the time. It was just, he really <laughs> needed it. He didn't yeah, say, four- he didn't come up to me and say, hey, Cheech, why don't you take car? No. So what? Four goals in the third period. You made 31 of 34 saves. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that's 31 of 34. I think I was better than that. <laughs> I think I only allowed I- one goal in my half of the game. You're going the whole game there. <laughs> My friend. All right, all right. Looking at the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make it look like I know by looking at the box score. So <laughs> you weren't even born back then. Neither was I. But still, ah, you were close. Yeah, you were close. You well, called it, me it out on it, Cheech. All right. It, it was just like Sesame Street. One of these things that it doesn't belong because it was, <laughs> it was all the Oilers and the uh, Islanders facing the Oilers and. Uh, you know, all the stars from Chicago were there, Denny Savard and Doug Wilson, all those guys. And then me. There you go. I was. <laughs> uh, Cheech, you're the best. Thanks for this. Okay. Talk to you later. Uh, there he is, John Garrett, uh, the legend himself, uh, joining us and uh, reminiscing on his uh, 40, uh, on the, uh, I guess it's 40 years ago today, uh, as you mentioned, uh, of his all-star appearance where he uh, subbed in for Richard Brodeur. Unbelievable. Amazing stuff. Uh, We've got uh, Chris Peters coming up here on Canucks Central. His take on uh, the Canucks' newest prospect, Atu Ratu, and what they can look forward to in the draft now with potentially two first-round draft choices. That's next on Canucks Central.